This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Joining me live from the bus in Montreal, it is Demon and Wizards, Hansi Kirsch and John Schaefer. We talk about the band's current tour, the upcoming new album, and a lot more. We also recorded it directly under the air conditioner on the bus, so you get a, a third guest, uh, totally for free, uh, on the uh, on the interview. But uh, before that, let me get over to this top hair metal list that Rolling Stone magazine issued at the end of August. Now, Rolling Stone magazine putting out a, a hair metal list is as valid as if I were to put out a top 50 Australian rugby player list. Now, number one would probably be David Campese on that, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it's just amusing. Now, and the other thing I find amusing is is fans online going, oh, I hate the term hair metal. Oh, I hate the term hair metal. Oh, no, you don't. Stop it. Hair metal is a perfectly good term. When you say hair metal, you know exactly what we're talking about. If I say melodic hard rock, well, what does that mean? Def Leppard Pyromania? You know, Bon Jovi 7800 Fahrenheit? Does it mean Dio? Does it mean Ozzy Osbourne? Does it mean early Judas Priest? What, what does melodic hard rock mean? I mean, you know, Metallica is melodic. You know, do, do they qualify as melodic hard rock? And, and if I just say... Uh, melodic rock. Well, well, now now we're talking Journey and, and REO Speedwagon. Is that is that the same movement as Poison? And, and no, of course it's not. So, so what term do you want to use? Now, the the thing about a term or an adjective is that it's meant to describe something. And when you say hair metal, everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. We're talking Rat, Poison, Cinderella. Oh no, they're not hard rock. They're they're blues. They're blues rock. No. Come Listen, when you say hair metal, everybody knows. So it's a perfectly good term. So so stop being all shocked about it. Anyway, there. let me just explore their top five. Coming in at number five was Skid Row's Skid Row. Huh. Okay. I, I mean, that probably deserves to be a top ten album. It's, it's, it's good. So... You know, it's it's interesting. Then they have Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil at number four, which you can argue with me all you want, but it is Motley Crue's best record, period, end of story. Oh, the first one's better. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Dr. Feelgood's better. Mm, no, no, it's not. Theater, don't even start with Theater of Pain. That was a piece of garbage. I mean, it was good Motley Crue garbage, but it was still, it was still garbage compared to the rest. Uh, bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet at number three. Poison's Look What the Cat Dragged In at number two. And Def Leppard's Hysteria at number one. Hmm. All right, this is this is where I might have some, some issues. Using what Rolling Stone has provided for us here, I would probably have to put Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet at number one. Why? Because it came out before Def Leppard's Hysteria. And had it not been for Slippery When Wet and the videos for Living on a Prayer and You Give Love a Bad Name and all that stuff, I mean, MTV, Much Music, were saturated with those songs. And those songs, those videos, those singles, 
I think are what propelled the scene. I think record executives and, and fans saw that and went, oh, we want more, we want more, we want more, which eventually gave us the permanent vacations and the, the hysterias and the Dr. Feelgoods. So if you're looking for an album that, that cemented the scene and propelled it forward or pushed it forward, then Slippery When Wet is probably the one. So just for that, I would put it ahead of Hysteria. When you're talking about a band that pushed the, the look forward, uh, then you would definitely have to go with Poison and look what the cat dragged in. So do I want to put Poison at number three? Now, of course, again, I'm working off the list that Rolling Stone. I'm not making my own list here. Uh, do I put Poison at number three or do I leave them at number two? It's interesting. Uh, and again, uh, look-wise, that album cover certainly cemented the look of 80s hair metal, the appropriately named hair metal. Um, hmm. Okay, maybe maybe I'll leave them at number two, but then it means I have to vault uh, Hysteria to number three. And is Look What the Cat Dragged In musically a better record than Hysteria? Production-wise, it's not, but one could certainly argue that Talk Dirty to me is better than Excitable, perhaps. Anyway, so... Uh, it's an interesting list. You can you can head over to a Rolling Stone right now. You just type in uh, Rolling Stone 50th, uh, 50 greatest hair metal albums of all time, and uh, you can uh, you can get a, a kick out of that. In fact, here you know what I'm gonna I have it punched up in front of me. Let me go go through this. Uh, hmm. Black and blue, black and blue, number twenty eight. Eh, eh. Not sure about that. Dangerous Toys, yeah, Bullet Boys, Freak Show, Slaughter, okay. Anyway, uh, without further ado, from Demons and Wizards, it is Hansi Kirsch and John Schaefer, with a special guest appearance of the bus's air conditioning system. Enjoy. We are speaking with uh, Hansi and uh, John from Demons and Wizards. Uh, welcome to Montreal, first of all. We'll start with John, just so the fans can get to hear the uh, who's who. Hi, I'm hey, John. John. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Right, there you go. Hey, John. Uh, well, okay, so let, let's get... And, and Hans, it'd be a pleasure. Last time we spoke was Heavy Montreal, a great, a great occasion. But let's get right into this. The band is not, or hasn't in the past, been very much of a touring entity. And now you've got a whole bunch of dates, and you're in North America for the first time. Talk to me about the decision to go on tour before the album, the new album, comes out, and just sort of see what's going on. Well, we haven't done anything for more or less 14 years. Uh, that's a long, long time, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can say so. Um, we were discussing, you know, getting back, doing a third Demons and Wizards album for ages already, but there was never any chance to do so because of the schedules of I Surf and Blind Guardian. Last year, or two years ago, we started talking about it more serious because we saw there would be a gap for the two of us, which is actually the time we're in right now. Um, and then we said, well, let's start songwriting. We were asked in interviews, you know, what about Demons and Wizards? Almost in every interview. So <clears throat> we mentioned that we started songwriting. This made promoters aware that we are around with Demons and Wizards. And all of a sudden, before we even really got into songwriting for Demons and Wizards, we got an offer to headline Wacken 2019. And uh, 
yeah, we would be stupid to say no there, <laughs> totally stupid. So we said, well, we have to change plans a little bit. Let's start with the songwriting and see how far we get with the album. We for sure will not be able to release it, but we will make sure that the album is almost done when we um, hit the roads. But let's do this show. Doing a show in Wacken means you have to have a little bit of preparation. So that includes some additional shows. So we said we're ready for some more club shows. But once the other big promoters have been aware that we are playing Wacken in Europe, they were interested in Demons and Wizards as well. So we got a lot of slots, um, interesting slots, uh, at a lot of good festivals. And, <clears throat> well, when this was the case, the interest in America popped up at the same time. So we said, well, then we may have to change the schedule. We're having a little again. Let's do some American shows of, of, as well, because we've never played here. And there was a big buzz and quite a bit of sensation. So this is what has led us here. We accomplished more or less a whole album and we're here to do the touring. It's quite unusual, but um, for us it seems to be the right step. Seems to be the right step. Uh, John, let me ask you this. You, you have two successful brands in Iced Earth and Blind Guardian. Uh, is there any thought to maybe make Demons and Wizards more of a current band and have a more, uh, you know, a, a cycle of every two or three years, or do you like it the way it is? Uh, well, I mean, Demons and Wizards is is a brand as well. Right. That's for sure. It has become that. It's a, the legend's grown through the years, and so with, as far as frequency of doing stuff, I mean, yeah, we want to, we definitely want to do that more, and we have committed to two studio albums and one live album in our contract. And uh, from the timeline that we want to do the next one, first, we just need to get this one finished, <laughs> you know, and then we'll start worrying about everything else. But um, we uh, we have, it's not going to be another 15 years, definitely not. I mean, we would we would be too old <laughs> at that point, you know what I mean? We can't wait 15 or 20 years to do another record. Yeah. Um, talk to me, though, about balancing it. How, how do you decide what goes on a D&W album as opposed to an Ice Earth album? You know, do you write something and go, ooh, this goes in this pile, or do you just sort of write whatever comes out, and that's how, okay, that's how it's going to be? Yeah, it's, it's a little different depending on, um, you know, you're talking like the first album that we did together was nearly 20 years ago, so, or it was actually 20 oh, years know. ago, yeah. So, I mean, it's, that thing, the way I write in general has changed quite a bit, but since this was the targeted goal of uh, the time period that we were in, it was all about when I was writing this last time it was all about Demons and Wizards now I, I had sent Hansi three songs that were written during the Iced Earth Incorruptible songwriting period about three years ago or so and uh, they're typically it's like the stuff that would be like man that's a really cool musical arrangement but I'm not hearing vocal parts specifically for it if I hear a vocal part speak to me immediately from the song whether it's Iced Earth or whatever I'm going to write it, you know what I mean? If it's like that there's a reason that I'm hearing it that way, or if it's a specific subject matter that I know I've got to write about, whatever that may be. And so then, I, then I, I'm going to focus on that. If it's something that, if I'm focused on a nice earth record and I've got a cool arrangement, then I may pass it off to Stu, or I have a Matt in the past, because I'm not actually hearing vocal parts speak to me, but I know it's a good piece of music, so I want to get somebody else's input on it. That's kind of the same way that I've done stuff with Hansi, too, in the past. It's like, I think this is a great piece of music. I send it to him, do you like it? Is it inspiring you? Are you getting something from this? 
and if he does, then we, you know, we turn it into something. But so it's a little bit different, you know, of a of a way. But I wouldn't say that I, I have a pile where I go. This is uh, something I'm going to say for demons or any of my other stuff that I'm involved in. It's going to really be: is this a song that I'm going to write lyrics and vocal melodies for? Because I'm hearing that then that can be the case within iced earth or you know whatever i mean it it just it just depends man you know on the circumstance yeah uh, let me ask you this hansi the, the the band on tour right now is not playing any of the new stuff is there a reason why you're holding back on that and not sort of field testing them so to so, so to speak there is a clear reason for this um, we were considering it an option for a while but when discussing we both found out that it does not make sense to introduce a song to people they have not heard before. We want excitement on stage. We want the people to go crazy. That is limited when you hear a song for the first time. That is one reason. The other reason, obviously, is other people who have not even attended the show will listen to that piece of music the first time via YouTube, via a very you know, small recording facility, which is called an iPhone. And that sounds like crap and shit always. And we do not want people to have that as a first impression for the new Demons and Wizard, not at all. Which makes sense. Now, uh, the band, of course, is... We talk about Ice Earth and Blind Garden. Do you see a time where the bands might tour together as a three-band package? Well, we've just... I don't know about the three-band package thing, but we have talked about touring together again, and we'll see what happens with that. I mean, we're we're both uh, focused on working on new music in the next calendar year, and we'll see how far along we get. But you know, with it's a it has been talked about many times through the years. We've always had a we've toured together early in our careers, and we've done some short tours. You know, like in the late '90s, I guess, in Spain and stuff. That's and, 20 years. It's already 20, yeah, that's right. It's 20, 20 years. years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy because our first, you know, we met nearly 30 years ago on tour and lived on a bus together and became like brothers and had this, you know, amazing relationship that's sustained through all these years. And then we found out that we could write songs together many years after that. So it's just like developed into something. But I don't know if I don't know if uh, Ice Earth and Blind Guardian and Demons and Wizards would do something. I, I mean, anything is I guess anything's in the realm of possibility, but just us touring together is certainly in the realm of possibility. I mean, I think I certainly think fans would would love it. Um, in terms of what's next for your individual bands, what's sort of on the plate for Blind Guardian? Because you know, last year you were here, or was it two years ago at Heavy Montreal? Three years. Holy moly, that goes quick, goes quickly. But what's next in terms of that? Are you focused on Demon and the Wizards all through 2020, or do you go back to your respective bands at some point next year? This is the main point for Demons and Wizards at the moment, and um, I have to split afterwards again because um, Blind Guardian's orchestral album is going to be released. and The famous orchestral album, and it's worth the wait. That much I can say. Um, so from let's say from the end of the year on I have to split my you know my uh, focus for a while but there will always be a few spots in 2020 for Deems and Wizards and there will be some spots for Blind Guardian orchestral album um, Blind Guardian goes back into production in 2020 but um, there won't be any metal release of Blind Guardian before 2021 
So I still have some space for Demons and Wizards, and we more or less are able to finish everything for Demons, Wizard, for Demons and Wizards um, studio-wise within this year. So um, I should be quite good. It's a busy schedule, but um, it's doable. So I'm really looking forward. The orchestral album, I don't think we are going to do any touring before the end of 2021 for this. And then it's, it will be very rare selected amount of shows only. So, so there will be some orchestral dates then? There will be. Maybe we just do a, f a Blind Guardian Festival and introduce that to our most dedicated fans somewhere in our area. If the interest is higher, then we may do some bigger shows in some territories. But uh, this is pretty much open. The, the new album is coming out, I guess, in February from the last, the last reports that I heard. Musically, do you, do you look back at the first two and sort of try to stay in that vein? Or is it, since it's been so long, the slate is clean and you can do sort of whatever you want with this one? Uh, musically, where are you going with this one? Who do we start this, with? This, uh, I mean, first of all, there's no... We, would, we just do whatever's natural, period. I mean, that's, not, that's the only way to keep the, uh, any of our bands successful through these years is just to, as far as I'm concerned, it's just to keep it, keep it real. You know, if you start trying to like manufacture things a certain way, you're gonna you hit some bumps in the road that so you're not aren't necessary. To establish a sound like an AC well, we music. are the sound. Right. Okay. I mean, it's already there. That's established. You know, we are the artists that we are. We've been recording. You know, that it's that there's no question that when you hear this record, that it's a it's a Demons or Wizards record. But it is completely different than the first two. I mean, it's, it's just got so many more elements and so many more. We've grown so much as individuals, and um, that's a reflection that's in the music. There's a lot, but there's this some really dark and heavy stuff, and some really fast stuff, and some really super melodic, like you know, classic rock type of things, and progressive stuff, and even a little alternative. But all of it is like just a completely natural flow. It's completely natural development. So, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I'm just happy about what we're having at the moment. For me, it's always a little easier than for him because I pick up on something. Either John or Andre delivers me something, which is the source I'm building up on, apart from a few songs which I started, you know, in Blind Guardian at least. Um, but what I can say is that the music itself, you know, it has a very natural flow and a very natural expression, and I just want to keep that for Demons and Wizards, of course. I mean, it, it, it would be a waste not to do so and, and you know, really co starting considering what we are supposed to do, what would the people expect. This album will be Demons and Wizards 100%. Yes, I see our history in it as well, but in, in general, it's just new, fresh material. It really is. Uh, John, I see you're wearing a, a Kiss shirt there, of course, doing the farewell tour. Do you start thinking about farewell for yourself, for Demons and Wizards, for Iced Earth, and start saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time to sort of slow down, or you're not there yet. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think about it, and I have a plan, and uh, but you know, the there's a lot of good things going on on all fronts with with me creatively right now. So, um, but I, you know, I, I see a time where I want to step away from this. I don't want to I don't want to be on the this kind of a cycle. I want to always be creative, that's for sure. But as far as the typical album tour, album tour, album tour, like. That, that can be like, you know, at some point you feel like you're going to lose your shit. So, I mean, for me, I want to be able to break away from that and do... I have I have a plan to, to do things differently. And so, from a production standpoint, i got a, a lot of ideas, you know, and different projects and things 
going on. So. Same for you? Believe it or not, the last time I really thought about it was when I was 30. That is the time when I was far more wasted than I'm nowadays. <laughs> and there, my goal was 40. You know, I'm 53 now, and I forgot about it, you know, in between 30 and 40 already. And yes, we speak about, you know, finishing sometime, but I mean, there is no real target, and I go as long as I can. That's all I can say. There's no really any reason to end. No. Uh, on that, I see that it's time to go. But So thank you. Thank you both. And uh, thank you. Uh, by the way, that Blind Guardian show at Heavy Montreal was great, and I saw you iced earth plenty of times at the Medley in Montreal. Mm. Spectacular. Spectacular. Listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk.